how insane is this? I couldn't actually afford any race skis. So I actually turned up race training on twin tips because I used to be a park girl and off piece and everything. And people just used to like, what is this girl? And she's got baggy pants and no cat suit. And I used to like literally do two jobs in the summer and everything just to try and pay for, I did absolutely everything, just try and pay for equipment and courses and everything, you know, to get me through the system. things I find fascinating are the characteristics behind many different brands. Some of them are outgoing and energetic, some are a little bit more laid back. So in this podcast, we look to explore all the different characteristics, not only of the brand itself, its roots, its origins, but the people behind the brand. And is there a bit of a relationship between the characters of the people and the characters of the brand? Well, good afternoon, good morning, and welcome wherever you are, and welcome to this episode of Legends of the Brand. And today, I'm super excited to introduce to you Jocelyn Cockle, or Floss as she's known, uh, from Free Flow Coaching. (laughs) That's been a mouthful, but welcome to the show. Thanks, Phil. Thank you for having me. No worries, no worries. Well, it's um, it's great because you know we've had the opportunity to to chat not only uh, beforehand before we hit the record button, but also we had the chance to to chat at the at the National Snow Show, which was great fun. Um, and I'm not jealous at all because you obviously have had a chance to go skiing, and the rest of us are stuck on this side of the the channel, or <laughs> we haven't had a chance to go skiing yet. So, what was you? It wasn't your first day yesterday, was it? No, you're going to hate me even more, actually. It was actually my fourth day. Yeah, so... There goes the interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I've lost everyone now. They've, I've had enough. Um, I think because of what I do, I'm so lucky that, you know, skiing is my job and, um, you know, preparing for the winter season is really important. So at the moment, I'm up in teen and I'm on the glacier filming and just training to get stronger and just ready for the winter. That's awesome. And... Um, so first of all, let, let's uh, let's take a step to the side. So you're currently in Teen in France, um, but that's not where you're originally from. You're originally from the other side of the channel, uh, back in back in England. Um, so how did you kind of get from point A to point B? Obviously, you probably you know you drove or flew or whatever it was. But um, whereabouts were you born and raised? So I was born in London, um, which was. I think amazing, can't really remember much of that, but then living really mass, most of time in the south of England, um, obviously from a land of no snow. And um, yeah, it's really interesting actually, because my, my family weren't really into winter holidays or anything like that. They, they're not, they weren't really sports people. They were obviously keen on to do exercise, but um, they basically grew more and more into sports um, through their life, especially my mum. And um, it was my dad who wanted us to go on a winter holiday at the age of nine. And that's kind of what started it off, really. <laughs> but I have to be honest, Phil, it was a nightmare. I'm still living those nightmares. Um, can you imagine taking your triplets on a ski holiday? Three nine-year-olds pretty much, you know, on your own. So uh, 
No. Nope. Yeah, it, it wasn't a good experience <laughs> at all. Because your first your first holiday from our conversation beforehand as well, but uh, uh, you went to Spain. Now, most people think of, of when you go to Spain, you think, oh, you go, you know, sit at the beach, you have, you know, sangria and all that sort of, maybe not at the age of nine, but you kind of sit there and you have obviously a nice holiday and like that. But you went skiing in Spain for, for your first holiday. Maybe you can, uh, first experience, maybe you could share with us uh, how, how that went. <laughs> It was absolutely terrible. Um, so literally, my dad decided Spain. I don't. I don't know. You know why now? And um, the hotel he booked was such a long away from the ski slope. So that was a big mistake. So you can imagine, like taking your three triplets of nine, carrying all the gear, and literally, I was crying to get to the slopes. And also, it was quite a few years ago, <laughs> and um, it was awful. The boots, hey, I just was so uncomfortable and the skis were so heavy and I don't think we ever got the layers right or the equipment and then we were just pushed into these ski lessons and my instructor I never forget he was Spanish and he didn't speak a word of English and I was one of those people that just could not get skiing like I so could not get it no one told me to go on the outside ski so I was skiing on the inside ski and crashing and it was a nightmare I couldn't actually get learn how to stop. I used to just literally point my skis to the group and crash into them to stop, which is bad. And um, that end of that week, I was just getting demoted and demoted, you know, like beginner level, like beginner, beginner. And then the only, I can't believe it, the only words that the instructor actually told me, me and my dad was, um, yeah, I don't think your daughter is, you know, is really good for skiing. Oh my so, god. But is that yeah. but so hopefully we can unpack that a little bit later on. But what's uh on the one side obviously terribly demotivating when that happens, and but probably also isn't it funny we reflect back to and think now your job is teaching skiing and is is motivating people and is is working with that. So um do you think that kind of when we reflect back, did that spur you on to say, I'm going to prove you wrong? Or how did, uh, I mean, obviously you're feeling demotivated at the time, but um, how did that impact you, do you think? So I think um, because I was so demotivated for many years on a ski holiday, I just didn't want to go. And then what happens, what really motivated me is when I was 14, and I think not like I really worked it out, but I just enjoyed the speed and the freedom of it. And that kind of motivated me more to sort of get into it and you know find a way and to work my passion um into skiing and then now do you know what's really nice is um like i was skiing today with a you know yesterday sorry with a good friend and everything and it's just so nice just to be so experienced in the mountains and and almost feel like as one and have those skills that you can ski pretty much mm. anywhere really so um yeah and i look back to god that nightmare at nine and i just think wow you know I've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, a photograph on your website uh, of, of you sitting there. I guess you're probably at nine, ten, uh, about that sort of age. Whether or not it's from the first trip, what makes me, what kind of makes me smile over that is though on the one side you have this 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 huge, um, you've know, be, been demotivated and huge challenge. You've kind of like, oh, you know, I haven't taken skiing, but you still got this this glowing smile on your face um of 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 you uh you know on your on that particular trip sitting in the snow so obviously it wasn't that bad you know it's obviously kicked off at some point or kind of clicked in at some point 
Um, yeah, that sort of inner burn and passion. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that photograph is actually my biggest wipeout. You know, the, if you actually look closer, like when it, on the website as well, my website, like the skis are not attached, the poles are not there, and it's just me sort of wiping out again, you know, falling yeah. over and then um, and then getting back up. Yeah, and I think if you zoom in on it, you can actually see the ambulance in the background with the people being taken okay. away. That you yeah and my dad's going oh no not again <laughs> no it's not that bad um but you you obviously you, you um, had the chance to go skiing a few times when you, when you were younger um and then uh, as i understand it as well you know uh probably like many people in the snow sport industry at some point you probably mom and dad turned around and said we want you to go to university have a you know have a, a traditional career if you want to call it that um, so you obviously went off to university and that didn't quite work out for you. Um, but I'm quite interested to find out what were you studying and what did you know, or when did you know when you're at university that it wasn't your thing? Oh, wow. That's interesting. So after my A-levels, um, I took a year out and I basically had traveled the world. And then I got a, a, a place in Nottingham University to study print media design. And uh, Nottingham's a great, you know, area and university. But I think I'd done so much growing up. And when I got to university, literally in my first term, I just, I just decided it wasn't for me. It wasn't my passion. I didn't get the right course. Um, I didn't really want to be there. And also financially, I just couldn't afford to be there. So I decided to completely pivot. And I never forget telling my parents at the time on New Year's Eve, um, I'm not going back to university. It was like a bombshell. Like, what? You know, you need to get a proper job, you know, da 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 da. So I had to pay back all the fees and work harder. Um, but I actually went back to university later on in life um, to actually study in Wales in um, Cardiff University, sports massage. Yeah. So um, I eventually did get a bit of a, you know, another diploma with regards mm. to that. Um, but when you, so, um... I mean, obviously, fantastic and congratulations for, uh, you know, persevering and coming back to it. And, you know, um, but I'm interested, you know, when you obviously you decided to step away from university after your first term, you knew it wasn't for you. Uh, but at the same breath, did you have a vision as to knowing what you did want to do or was it just kind of like you didn't? OK, fine. <laughs> I did I did a tour it's really weird I sort of did a summer season in France with PGL Peter Gordon Lawrence um still around today and um and then after doing the summer season it sort of led me to a winter season I thought you know what I'll give the winter season a bit of a go and it was my first season was actually in Cormier and uh, it was with Ski Inghams and, and for those people that remember you know Ski Inghams actually overtook Bladen Lines the chalet company so um I was actually, you know, the Bridget Jones was the chalet girl. <laughs> and um, I never forget, God, that was a season and a half. I tell you, I've got lots of stories on that. And um, yeah, it was really interesting because like I, I really grew to, you know, like skiing and everything. And I didn't really could see the vision until I shared a chairlift um, with this gentleman, Brian Fern. And I remember being on this chairlift and, and it was a really bad day and I had the worst hangover. And then this guy on the chairlift was looking at me and talking to me and I'm thinking, you know, stranger. And then he said, you know, do you want to do a couple of ski runs with me? And I just thought, why not? And then when I saw him ski, oh my God, Phil, I was like, he's a ski god. He's a ski god. What does he do? And then once I got chatting to him, 
It's really interesting. He was a trainer for the BASE, the British Association of Ski Instructors. And then, uh, and then he kept in touch and, and there was a place a few weeks after in Cormier to actually do the in instruction program, sort of the basic level. And that's kind of started my journey. And that's when I sort of saw a bit of light, you know, I, you know that, that's a bit different, you know, and, and I like my passion. Maybe I can actually, you know, work as, as my passion and, and teach skiing and uh, we'll go from there. So that's quite cool. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> See, you could think, aren't you glad you were hung over on that day and riding that chairlift sort of thing? It changed your life. Partying can change your life. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, definitely a life changer. And it's really interesting because, like, I was so passionate about skiing. I wasn't very good at it. You know, I was, it was my first season and we had all straight skis and everything, you know, but I always used to go out whatever way and, and my chalet mates would used to stay in bed hungover and everything and I just used to be going out mostly mostly on my own so yeah I'm, I think I'm just really very lucky for that moment. And out of curiosity then the um, that that meeting that chance meeting on the chairlift and obviously you said later on the season there was a, an opportunity to do the, the uh, course qualification was that uh, early season mid-season late season when did I mean when did you discover that and then decide to change the way your working patterns at, at the chalet was it uh, yeah oh you get it so so i managed so i was working in the chalet um and enjoying it and also you know i i just love food and cooking as well so what i did is i with my you know chalet partner shannon at the time we sort of worked out a different routine of actually how i could get up early i could bake all the cakes give them to all the chalets and everything and then get out and go training for um you know the the foundation at that time it was level three so that's what i did um for in march for about five days um, but unfortunately on day three i had a bit of an accident and um this is funny and i dislocated my left shoulder and you know what it's like pista comes in and they put the shoulder back in and i'm like oh god that's a killer you know really killer but I was so determined because I had to borrow money to finish off this course that I, I was going to turn up. So the next day I turned up literally one pole, one arm, two legs. And um, I never forget my trainer, Martin Rowe. He actually lives down. Hi, Martin, if you're if you're listening, he actually lives down in Villa Roger, down from me now. And, um, and I remember, never forget turning up. And, you know, he was doing the video and he, I mean, how can you do a video with, you know, two legs and one arm? And basically he just turned around and said, look, I'm passing you this week, but mainly because of your determination and not your skill. <laughs> and I was like, no, okay, thank you. Thank you. I'll pass, you know, I'll do some more training next time. So, um, oh, that's pretty yeah. good. I mean, what, well, that's, that, that sense of, you know, dogged determination. I mean, that's, that's brilliant. Have, have you, um, has that been something that's always been part of you, do you think? You know, I'm actually really lucky, um, you know, with some of the questions that you've asked, you know, who's been really influential and, and that's actually my family. Um, my mum, you know, has had an amazing sporting career. Like she pretty much got divorced early on and then she ended up, I think, running about 11 or 13 London marathons. And I think 303 was like her quickest time. And then she literally grew and we as a family we were always told and my dad as well never to give up you know you've got to follow things through whatever you do don't give up now i totally agree that in most ways but sometimes you know if you are out in the back country and the weather changes 
you know you might have to give up and, and change your mind going back to that but really I think it was actually growing in the family and you know influential is my you know my mom and she ended up being you know world triathlete in her age group and she's she's had so much successes and so much determination I you know for me it's just such a role model and then there's my brother who literally went into the forces and we were like why are you doing that and then he's done so well he went through the forces the marines and then he went into the special boat service which is even top of the list and then he went into the training team so I think so much like that and then if you look at my sister she's an Australian she's very successful business-wise as well and she's determined so I'm just really you know happy and grateful for being surrounded by such an, an amazing family really and that sort of spurs me on. Oh that's uh, that's, uh, that's that's amazing to have such a connection and, and be so influenced and supported by your family that's 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 really lovely. That's I know. Amazing. I know. I mean, my my mum's just given up triathlon for Great Britain at, at seventy two. I mean, amazing. Wow. So, well done, mum. If you're I watching, feel, yeah, I feel I feel really really quiet this Sunday. I'm, I might have to uh, <laughs> I have to go for a run or something <laughs> like that. Um, so obviously, you, your determination and support and influence and the uh, you know the the example set by your family uh, and not giving up they obviously inspired you in terms of your your um, progression because you obviously were went through you, you passed the course uh through determination <laughs> you built on yeah. the skill because we know you've built on the skill but your, your progression then led for about 14 years worth of hard work uh in terms of getting uh through the through the ski instruction qualifications and everything like that to reach your highest level um so for people who aren't aware of the process and the challenges you know, we had chatted beforehand about it being hard work and people think, well, it's just skiing. Um, maybe you could share and enlighten some of us in terms of part of that process. Oh, yeah. So, wow. So I started the foundation system on the British level and um, then it was three levels, but um, now it's actually four levels. So um, I was literally, even if it was a foundation, you still have different modules to it. You've got the teaching, the technical and then you go on to the next level and you've got so many different aspects like these moving parts that you need to conquer so i know i love i love skiing and everything but you've got to be good at everything so you've got to be good technically and physically at the off piece you know on piece short turns long turns medium turns you know moguls as well and i know there's some sort of association in skiing that really you know they don't get assessed for mogul ca so you've got to have all of this together mm -hmm. And then to actually follow through into the, the finished level to actually, you know, work in France, then you go into like the test technique, which is a slalom racing, and then also the Euro test. So I had, it was so much hard work for me. A um, lot of things because one was financial. I don't know about you, but skiing is really expensive and the kits and, you know, the training sort of putting those pieces together. I mean, I, I've never been a racer. I started racing at 27 and um, I couldn't afford, how insane is this? I couldn't actually afford any race skis. So I actually turned up race training on twin tips because I used to be a park girl and off piece and everything. And people just used to like, what is this girl? And she's got baggy pants and no catsuit. And I used to like literally do two jobs in the summer and everything just to try and pay for I did absolutely everything just try and pay for equipment 
and courses and everything, you know, to get me through the system. And uh, yeah, I have to say, it wasn't easy. I mean, mm. racing for me wasn't easy. I'm such a freedom skier that, you know, when the coach comes in and they, you know, put the, you know, the, the gates there and there and they determine what your day is going to be like, I just used to hate it. And then the cat suit on. And it's just the mental, the whole mental game as well. Like there just was never any women, you know, like once you go through more and more of the system, there's less and less women. Um, it's harder. It's a male-dominated industry, and uh, you know you're challenged not only physically, but um, you know also nutritionally. You know you need to get your nutrition. You need to change it into becoming really an athlete. Um, because I started so late, it was so important for me to to really work out the marginal gains. So I literally taught myself, you know, how to ski prep my skis. Um, you know how to train. Um, how to eat properly and then also I had to work with my mind as well and I've, I've had so many injuries I just can't tell you like there's a list there's a list I've had to come back now I've come back from two broken legs um, wow that's a journey in itself but yeah when I was racing I had someone skiing into me and then broken legs and shoulder ribs knees and uh, yeah I think for me just coming back mentally and trying to find speed in the racing side was the sort of the biggest challenge mm. wow <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm sitting i'm kind of I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and i'm also then thinking to myself you know uh broken legs dislocated shoulder i mean i th i think most mostly most skiers so that's it uh, there, there are probably a, a lot of ski professionals, whether you work in instruction, whether you, uh, you know, ski patrol, whether you're a racer, whom service, ski professionals, they, 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 they've, they've had an injury. And um, those things can be tremendous setbacks. And I'm listening to what you're saying, <laughs> a couple of broken legs and everything like that. Um, what is it that, you know, why did you want to achieve it? I mean, those things could have derailed anybody. Uh, and, but what made you want to continue on? Well, I got to a stage where literally I was running out of time because I was teaching in France with a stagiaire license and um, I wasn't getting any renewals. And I literally, I came to a, a you know, a block road really for myself financially because I was coming into my thirties. And, um, and I literally, the burning force inside me is that I could, I knew that I could do it. I knew I could pass these elements at top level. So I had this inner belief I could do it but unfortunately around me everyone was was you know really getting a bit more negative and saying you know give up you can't do this you know you're getting broken you know so that was really hard but the biggest thing for me as well as I knew by that time I'd done a lot of coaching and I love coaching and it's you know to coach my passion on and off the hill is just you know it's just lights me up it fires me up Phil and um, and I didn't want to be in my rocking chair, you know, like in 70 going, oh, no, I should have finished that off. I never did, you know. So um, I think that's, you know, to have no regrets. Yeah. And uh, just finished off, really. Oh, I, I cried so much. Oh, I can't tell you. I mean, just just thinking about, you know, the journey and um, just getting through just brings tears to my eyes you know it's just yeah and to actually pass in France the you know the last racing Euro test at bib number 75 
you know, and be the fastest woman in the afternoon on that day, you know, it's just, yeah, amazing. And do you know what's really funny is I saw the video of myself skiing and I was like, oh no, it's terrible. It was absolutely a horrendous run as well. I could have done so much better, but hey. That's all right. You passed. It's good, wonderful, <laughs> yeah. and congratulations because it's a, you know, it's 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 it is a it's a journey and it's a, you know, I think uh, from speaking to people such as yourself and, um, you know, I think part of the uh, was it the journey is the process and and part of that is the, um, getting the skill level or getting uh, getting the piece of paper. That's that's actually the smallest portion of the entire event. It's the it's the person you become as you go through the process. It's what you learn about about the process. It's learning to learn. It's about being coachable and all of these different things. That's actually that's actually the 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 winning thing, isn't it? That when you get to the end of it, you kind of go, yeah, I was you know I'm not saying I was able to follow instructions, but I was able to grow as a person. Um, and because of that, you know, you, you you're a successful businesswoman now today, um, running running and doing what you're doing. So that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did a lot of learning. I still am doing a lot of personal development. <laughs> well, we all we all do. Um, and but with that in mind, then you know, if we reflect on on that part of the journey, move on to to where you are in, in a minute. But on that part of the journey, what was the most difficult thing that you had to master, either physically or or, or you know uh, personally, uh, in in that journey that you had to to overcome to get to where you are. Um, I, I just, I just had to follow my belief. Um, I think that's the biggest thing um, is to sometimes I had to just shut out everything um, what people were saying, especially, you know, the people you're training with, they can be really negative. And, you know, and I just literally had to sort of, you know, shut everything off. And also being a French woman working in France, you have to be really thick skinned and big shoulders. <laughs> It's pretty tough out there. And um, yeah, just just follow, you know, my vision and belief and just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, you've, you've, done, you, you've, you've done you've done brilliantly at it. Um, so if we were to maybe um, fast forward a little bit in terms of where you are kind of not, not necessarily now, because obviously it's, it's slightly different, but, you know, as, as you've kind of highlighted before, and obviously um, you're an English speaker, uh, an English person uh, working and living in France in the ski industry, which is, tends to historically been very male dominated. Um, and there have been lots of challenges, but you've also then you've set up um, you've set up your own business, which is free flow coaching. Um, now, you obviously did some work for another ski school beforehand, I, I imagine. But then what was the what was the, the turning point in terms of deciding that? I wanted to do this on my own. And what did you want to bring to people? Wow. So, um, yeah, so I'd worked in ski schools a, a long time. And um, in 2015, I just had this burning desire to completely just be independent, be my own boss. And then it just allows me so much more freedom. I was just getting, you know, I enjoyed the team and I missed the team of the ski schools, but I just wanted to tailor my lessons and my coaching with a growth mindset. And I think that's really important. You know, I wanted to be able to look at the mountain and, and work out where the best snow is and then to meet my clients there, you know, or, you know, if there was something else we had to start later, then I had that freedom of, of different times and location. Um, and also to teach really um, openly and um, to progress in, in different products as well. So for example, 
I actually teach on the slopes pretty much peace work in the holidays but I also run courses women pacific off peace courses and ski touring courses in between um, and then I also teach in the Grave and down the southern Alps as well so I just wanted that whole freedom to to do all that together and and just really provide the best quality coaching and make sure that people have you know the best mountain experience and that was the only way I could really yeah to do it Oh, I love, I love it. I, I want to come skiing. I want to come skiing like right now. Oh, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I'm so excited. I, I, you know, part of the part of as, as we're chatting, not only, you know, do I know you from from prior, but, you know, the, there's an effervescence and, and an excitement and you can hear it in your voice in terms of how you're wanting to share your love of the mountains and to uh, to work with uh, uh, customers and clients to to make sure that they have the best experience altogether. Um, so. I'm curious, though, to find out in terms of, um, of your first set of clients, how did you go about finding them or how did you attract them to, to not to you, but to your, your, your concept in, your, in your, your business? To be honest, I was really lucky. I, a lot of it, a lot of clients came through word of mouth and even now word of mouth and reputation. Um, is a big part of my client base before I've, you know, built up, you know, the YouTube channel and you know, social media channels and things like that. So definitely. And, and when I broke free from the ski schools, I was really lucky. I had so much support um, from previous clients. So that really helped me, you know, to, to motivate myself and, you know, to push forward ahead on that journey. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, well, first of all, I mean, obviously the, the company is, is free flow coaching and, what would you say is your your USP or what makes you different from from other ski schools, whether it's a, a traditional ski school, I mean, uh, perhaps a, a resort based ski school that people might might know about in France or uh, other products? What makes you kind of slightly different and, and special? Wow. Um for a start i'm british in france and a female so that's when i actually passed the euro test i was the 37th uh, you know female to actually ever pass it there's obviously a few more after me since then i don't think there's too many but so that makes me quite unique as well um also my journey that i've had you know i've got so much more experience and this winter phil you're not going to believe it it's my 25th winter really so um yeah, so with regards to that, that that amazing experience and to just with the free flow coaching. So I've got free flow coaching, which is all year round, which now I do one to one, um, which I love doing. And then the free flow ski, which is sort of the winter aspect. And when people come over to me, you know, they're, they're getting the whole package. You know, they're, I'm helping them, you know, pre with emails, you know, and information before they come out actually on the hill and then sort of giving them, a, you know, clarity and a vision and, a, you know, and, and actually sort of helping them to get onto their path of where they want to be. So that's what I think with great, it's a growth mindset and just enjoying the, the freedom of the mountains is what really makes me different. I would say. It's, it's a, it sound, sounds a bit like it's a, a holistic uh, a way of, of coaching and perhaps an all-encompassing I, I was going to almost use the term of like pastoral care it's almost like before after you know before the uh, I guess the holiday with yourself or the event with yourself during and perhaps then follow up afterwards so it's kind of a a much bigger um 
experience, I guess, than perhaps just kind of like we start at 10 o'clock, we finish at two o'clock and thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now, like because of free flow ski and, and because I'm, you know, in charge of things that, um, you know, I like to build a community and I have a newsletter and I let people know what's going on and, and discount codes and, and just things like that. And I'm able to support people all year mm. round. Yeah. And I often find that most of my clients become really good friends as well. So mm. I don't just go right snowplow 10 o'clock, you know, at, at the drag lift yeah. two hours. I'm off for lunch. So there's a lot more to, you know, the personal side to that. And that's what I really enjoy as well. And, um, oh, I tell you what, for the achievements, you know, the satis job satisfaction I get is, I can't tell you, like, <laughs> oh, transformational, transformational. Oops. Yeah, so there's, there is one, well, there's quite a few actually all the time is transformational, but um, with clients as well, but. There's a particular story that really sticks out in my mind. And um, that's a lady called Tracy. I don't know if you're ever listening, Tracy, but you are just super amazing. Like, so Tracy, I was teaching for a ski school in Ladies Out. And um, I was really, this particular week, I decided just to put myself as the, you know, instructor of the beginning, the beginners, you know, yeah. but the bottom level. So, you know, the people that, need a bit more attention have got a bit you know a bit more tricky need need that kind of experience and help and anyway Tracy had come through down a few groups and everything and she came to me and you know I couldn't work things out you know and she just was so determined to ski with her family um, and to be able to ski you know a blue run at the end of the week with a family Anyway, once I got to know Tracy, and this is where unfortunately a lot of other instructors didn't really pick up from, she had really suffered from cancer and um, she'd lost a lot of her fingers and also um, her lower limb. I think it was her left leg. Um, so she was really struggling physically with actually the aspects of skiing and she was dropping her pole and everything. You know, and, and I don't think any other instructor really picked up on that why, you know, why was Tracy put, you know, why is she struggling? You know, they asked the same questions. Anyway, I got got to know Tracy and her story and realized so I was like, right, ditch the poles. We don't we don't need the poles, you know. And um with she was so determined to get better. So with the group lesson with me, I was so determined to be the coach to push her through and also have private afternoon lessons that it was so amazing. We had so much problem solving because she had a wooden um, limb on, on her left leg. And there was one turn that she could actually turn, but on the other turn, she couldn't actually flatten the inside ski. So I'll be scratching my head and I'd be like trying to work out. So literally I got her to put her hands on her knee, just above her limb, her, her false limb and then to tilt her knee into a particular angle to flatten the ski so then she could turn. And then boom, it was like epiphany, it was like, yes. And then she could ski, oh, with her family on a blue run. I mean, just amazing, just, you know, amazing. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Legends of the Brand. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Listen, drop us an email at info at legendsofthebrand.com. That's 
info at legendsofthebrand.com if you'd like to reach out and get in touch. And make sure to check out the show notes also at all the W's at legendsofthebrand.com. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye.